before I play the interview, if you feel like you are a confused entrepreneur or you feel like you are just so confused about how entrepreneurship works, this show is for you because I try to offer microscopic understanding through this podcast with entrepreneurship, really understanding how to get from zero to one, one to two, one to three, etc. So please share this with your friends that might be entrepreneurs as well or curious because this content will help them out. Also, with whatever platform you're listening on, just subscribe, rate, and review the show. It takes about 20 seconds, and if you don't, I'll be so, so hurt. So please go and do that. Pause this episode right where it's at. Guys, I want you to remember that this is your brand to leverage, which means I want to tailor this content everything that I'm putting out specifically for you. I created a survey that I'm going to link into the show notes of this episode so that you can provide to me the information that I need to better serve you and how I can provide better value, better content, more actionable things specifically for you and your needs as you scale your entrepreneurial journey. It takes about 60 seconds to do such things and it'll help me so much to learn about you and how to better serve you. After subscribing to my show, go subscribe to my YouTube channel as well because I do offer videos and other content there that really breaks down and gives you leverageable, actionable things about entrepreneurship that you can digest and think more about and also implement into your own entrepreneurial journey. So go and subscribe to that niche, the niche. With all that being said, guys, let's jump into the interview. All right, Robin, so to jump right into the very beginnings of your business with the, the filing, the market research, and then everything relatable, tell us about within your experience, your business citizen group, dive as deep as you can with how you just began when the first days that you were thinking of starting this business, walk us through what kind of systems you were doing to just start up that business and how that eventually evolved in the next year. Tell us about that and dive deep with us. Yeah. So, uh, let's be clear. Are you, uh, looking to understand how I began my career or how I began citizen group? So just, just this business citizen group. So with your experience within this, this business. Okay. So, uh, maybe I should start in, define what citizen group is it's a yeah, uh, go ahead form of advertising marketing agency based in san francisco and i started uh the agency in 2006 six ish uh 2006 2007 uh, i started to incubate the uh, agency while i had a previous agency uh, called collaborate also in san francisco and I had a partner, a co-founder partner, great partner, Hans Olmark. And um, we had had a good run for 10 some years. Um, but I wanted to pursue a variation on uh, uh, the trends that were happening at the time. You know, um, if I go back to, you know, 2000, um, 1999 was the dot-com boom. There was a lot of activity, obviously, in San Francisco around uh, startups and supporting startups, as well as we uh, had always worked with big brands. I come out of the ad world. Um, so Collaborate was a generalist agency, and my partner had um, uh, 
high-tech experience and technology experience. We blended that. But around about 2003, uh, I, I read a book called Citizen Brand. And um, the book uh, really uh, resonated with me because it talked about the social responsibility that was becoming increasingly important, uh, corporate social responsibility, how brands had to not just uh, talk, talk, but walk their walk and uh, mm-hmm. align their actions with uh, what they put out in the world. So that was the impetus to form Citizen. Uh, as I said, I incubated it for about a year within Collaborate, and then I spun off uh, in 2007, uh, where you know I am the sole founder, um, but I built it a new team, and uh, eventually we moved into our own space, and we've been going for about 12 years now. Yeah. What were some of the processes, Robin, that you took with Citizen Group when you were incubating it within your, your previous agency? Looking back at that time when it hadn't had its own team you know, in the market and you weren't the sole founder, it was all this incubator stuff. Tell us about the systems and how you were growing that. Tell us like two or three systems that you can remember you were doing to really get that ready for launch, growing it as best as you can. Tell us about what things you were doing, what resources that you were using, what you were using to just dive deep into all that stuff and how you were growing it initially. Well, ad agencies, marketing agencies, uh, it's been famously said, uh, their assets uh, go down the elevator every night. They're Mm -hmm. the people. Your assets are your people. Your systems, too, are based first around people. And so uh, I liken it to putting a band together. If you're going to start making, <laughs> you know, you need the right bandmates. And so when you bring up systems, I think about the people. They, that was the first thing. Recruiting the right people, bringing along uh, trusted uh, colleagues that I had worked with at previous agencies um, and starting to cohere around a particular vision. So it really was the sort of soft stuff, you know, the operational stuff like uh, filing, um, you know, that's something that uh, you write a check for in effect and get good counsel. And I had good counsel. I had, uh, you know, uh, excellent uh, attorney support. I had a financial planner that helped us in the early days to develop uh, uh, our rate card. Because really what you're trying to do, or at least my experience in my particular uh, space, um, uh, revolves around how do you build value? How, two things, I yeah. would say. How do you build your point of view, your unique point of difference, um, and how do you build your value? And um, the value comes from, yes, having a focus. In this case, we had a um, pretty clear mission, and all of us shared in that. It was not um, uh, secondary. It was sort of the paramount thing that brought us together around a certain belief system of how we were going to build brands. Mm-hmm. So we uh, started to develop our process. Uh, which was a variation on processes I had developed at previous agencies. 
then brought together the people, then made the investment to, yes, get, um, you know, my attorney to start to do the filings um, and start to develop a rate card, importantly, in terms of being able to justify the value uh, and make it competitive. Um, and that's where we needed support. So those were some of the, yeah. the very first things. Um, you know, often when we talk systems now, we jump to technology. And yeah, we had, you know, now we have, uh, you know, systems like Function Point uh, to do time management uh, that can be uh, shared with clients to show just how, you know, time utilization goes and uh, internal check on ourselves. Uh, you know, we set up things like Basecamp, particularly in the past 10 years when um, uh, really all aspects of the business in some way start to go virtual. Um, you know, we still have a physical <laughs> agency. We have people come in, but a lot of our people work uh, remotely. So those kind of online management systems are key. Of course, our clients are dispersed um, all over the world, um, if not um, even down the street. So those are some of the basics. Yeah. That's not, so Robin, not necessarily the hard part, I would add. You know, yeah. you, you, you can buy good counsel um, just by looking around a bit. Yeah. So Robin, touching on what you just, what you said there, the remote aspect of your business, because you said a lot or at least half of your employees are remote. Is that correct? Yes. So with that being said, how, cause a young entrepreneur can pursue that route. They, they, they want people to work for their business. They want to grow these businesses. And so that this is a concern that they may have. And I think that you can give good value on this knowing that you have done this and hired remote employees and managed them and have them do your work, but they're not actually there. How do you recommend that we can go about setting up that kind of system? What did you do to reach out to these people? What sites did you go to? What systems did you have? Tell us about how you set this up remote employees. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll confess that, um, I'm, pretty old school in this way. Um, the way I uh, really choose people is often through referrals and trial and error. Um, you know, um, on, the on the creative side, um, it really comes down to um, their, their work, their body of work and their portfolio mm -hmm. that they put together. And that becomes tangible, you know, both myself and, um, uh, colleagues at the agency, we uh, regularly review uh, books. Mm. We uh, often attend uh, Academy of Art functions locally uh, and other, you know, um, uh, colleges that become outlets for creative folk, you know, here in the Bay Area. Uh, and it's largely through referrals, often through yeah. employees of mine that say so-and-so is interesting, have a look at their work um, or meet them. And we do. And then we start off. Um, I say it's always uh, sort of a blind date, both for the, <laughs> uh, yeah, both for the uh, 
prospective employee and for the employer in terms of how you work together. Because um, again, I liken it to a band because there's a sort of intimacy of how we work. This isn't true of every business and particularly businesses that are building at scale. And if you want to talk about that, you know, I'm not your guy, uh, you know, I am not uh, a master of scale. Um, uh, it, you know, uh, that's Reed Hoffman and uh, <laughs> I, I value his podcasts. Those are cool. Uh, those are fascinating to me, but I, I like to think of myself more as a, um, a master of craft. Uh, so, you know, how we put together a group of people that knows how to collaborate and play together becomes uh, really the human dimension. And that, that just comes through taking on a project and uh, seeing, you know, how we do, how we add value to each other. Exactly. So Robin, kind of going along with that, the um, with, with your business in particular, what do you think that we should look at if we're going to be in a chair, you know, we wake up and we're like, okay, this citizen group is a type of business that I want to start. What do you recommend after being through what you have? Where do we look to be ahead? What resources do we look at to be ahead? Where do we connect with people to know more and, and, and be ahead of the curb than most people that wake up and say, okay, I'm going to start this. But with your knowledge and your experience within your, your, your company citizen group, tell us about some places we can go, some resources that we can visit or some mentalities that we can have that can put us ahead and, 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 and making a business like yours. Tell us some of those. Okay. Well, I'll start with the mentalities more than maybe uh, specific outlets again, because they're unique to the particular business in my business, which is, you know, a strange hybrid of, uh, art and commerce uh, there we could have a discussion about internal internal development what you really need to do to build your own personal value and we can talk about external development through networking uh, and getting in the flow of the kind of job that you might want um, so let's break that down you know I would say internal development uh, really comes down to a lot of self-reflection about what makes you happy. At least this, yeah. this is the process for everybody, uh, but it's been my journey in terms of getting to know yourself where you um, are happiest and most productive. Is that a big agency, a small agency, a big company, a small company, um, or is it the Goldilocks story, you know, that right in between place? <laughs> Uh, that's what it was for me. Uh, I like being in a, you know, a group of about 30 people because beyond 30, you don't know their names anymore. Below, yes. 30, you don't always have the ability to, um, to take on the biggest of gigs. So finding that sweet spot and it's different for everybody, but that comes down again to developing your point of view. And also developing a point of view about the kind of work you want to do and how you want to do it. And for creative people, uh, it's it's quite nonlinear. You know, um, I often say some places to begin. Uh, it, it, you know, is um, go see a movie. <laughs> go 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 
honestly, uh, read a book, um, uh, travel, have experiences, um, ask questions, be perpetually curious about the stuff that interests you and go deep into it. Um, become a student of your industry. Um, in my case, in advertising, uh, there's a rich history of advertising and what do you like, what do you hate? Um, mm. I um, have always had a, I'd call it a love-hate relationship uh, with media. Um, as much as, uh, um, you know, we all love the good stuff. Uh, I really detest the bad stuff and want to stay away from it and not have any part in it. Um, so you kind of have to break it down to what you like, and that might lead you to the kind of company you want to work for. Um, so, you know, particularly when you're starting, uh, set yourself high. Don't sell yourself short. Um, be selective about where you want to work. And um, that may always say sound uh, easier said than done. But actually, when you're young, it's the best time to uh, not conform to somebody else's expectations. Yeah. Try new things, I feel like. Absolutely. Pursue them, you know, with a passion, build your point of view. And then, yes, you've got a network. Um, uh, and there's, you know, all kinds of groups, associations, depending on, again, the nature of the business, to get in the flow um, of the kind of prospect list of places that appeal to you. So Robin, for you and your business, what did your first client look like? How did you get that client? What things did you do to satisfy that client's needs? And tell us about that story really quick. Haha, <laughs> first client. Ah. <laughs> With Citizen Group. With Citizen Group, yeah. Um, well, um, one of the great opportunities we had was um, through um, um, a very dear friend uh, invite us, invited us into a project for Walmart, of all things. Um, and mm -hmm. Walmart and the, the pursuit of sustainability, of all things. Now, those are not two uh, things you commonly associate. It almost sounds like an oxymoron for Walmart, you know, uh, yeah. big, big behemoth retailer to uh, be interested in applying sustainable practices to their business. Um, but around the mid 2000s, that's exactly what happened. Uh, they had an enlightened CEO. He understood that, uh, you know, waste not, costs not. Um, whether it's energy, water, packaging, transportation, energy, uh, it's better to save. That means more money, even to the, you know, fundamentally to the bottom line, but it's also good for the sustainability of the overall business. And it's good for a mindset. It's good for morale. Anyway, my point is that was an early um, project that, really started to test some of the principles that we wanted to apply 
in terms of, um, you know, just how do you counsel and create communication to turn the flywheel and create confidence around sustainable practices? In that case, within a, a company which you know has more than a million U.S. employees, <laughs> it was a it was exciting, and you know we we were able to also apply some of that. Uh, thinking some of the lessons learned to uh, the sports industry. Um, right around the same time, one of our earliest projects has been something called, um, called Green Sports. And it's getting professional um, and collegiate uh, uh, teams to adopt sustainable practices through their operations. Again, the same thing, wastewater, energy, transportation, just it becomes a mindset so those were two of the earliest challenges uh and i don't know if i answered your question <laughs> no, no you did it was it was just kind of a the first client experiences and how you managed to just get those and what your what your thoughts were and everything so you did give a good answer robin the what i want to move on to now is what most young entrepreneurs are confused about which is Within your business, the, the, you know, marketing research for whether or not this is a profitable, you know, business that they're about to make and the business plan that you pitch and you create your pitch deck and all that stuff with you being so experienced and having more than just citizen group as an, as an agency and with your entrepreneurial experience more than just that dive deep into just the beginnings of what not with uh, citizen group in particular, but with your experiences within creating your marketing, like your market research plan for, you know, these agencies and then your business plan that you either pitched or had for yourself or for employees or board members that you're hiring on. Tell us about how you set those things up, what you did to go about setting up those optimally for you and your entrepreneurial journey. Well, <clears throat> We had a formal business plan we developed and put a lot of effort in when I first started Collaborate. When I started Citizen Group, like I said, we incubated and spun off. We were able to use a lot of that framework, um, but then start to hone in on the area of uh, pro-social development. Um, but, you know, part of our business plan, uh, we revolved around the fact that we weren't just working for companies, we were working for nonprofit orgs, for, so for companies, organizations, and municipalities, cities. So we opened um, up our um, approach to work with change makers in different sectors of, uh, of industry. Um, or of civil society, you could say. Um, so that was the formulation of the plan upon which we then started to do what um, I think any business does. You start to develop a prospect list. Um, often there are search consultants. You might pay a search consultant to go and prospect business for you, to bring leads uh, to you. Yeah. Uh, and this is always a perpetual challenge. It's, it, I can confess it has not gotten easier in all the years I've been in this business. Uh, 
you know, you have to do your own prospecting, which means creating your own lists. You um, might consider search consultants, particularly in the early going, uh, which we did. Uh, but then after a period of time, hopefully your um, work starts to be your best calling card. Yeah. And you start to get referrals from um, past clients where you've built relationships uh, with clients. And that happens over time if uh, you are, uh, if you do a good job and uh, you're fortunate enough to build those relationships. Yeah. Robin, so with the beginnings of, of, of Citizen Group and then your other agency as well, how important was it for you to prospect and learn more about the clients that you had, the, you know, the business that you're going to be offering to these people before you even started on a scale from one to 10, how important was that? And, and, and tell us that, yeah. Just repeat that. How important was what? When how, how, how important was knowing who you're going to serve, what market you were going to serve and kind of, you know, the profitability and, and, and looking into that stuff before you had started your, your business, how important is that to do for a young entrepreneur wanting to learn more about that process, like the market research and that? You know, I really think it depends on the nature of the business. Um, if you're say making a technology play, um, you know, it might be different uh, in terms of making sure that the space you're in is uh, defensible, that you're creating something that can't be read readily replicated. Um, mm. But so many entrepreneurs, and I'll put myself in this category, uh, work more by impulse for better or worse. Uh, <laughs> just dove in the pool, you know, knew I wanted wow. to do this, uh, had been, you know, working in the media arts, the creative media arts, my whole career. But now I, you know, had a particular focus or purpose uh, that uh, I wanted to pursue. I believed it was trending. Um, again, um, I was connecting those dots through what I was reading. Um, the thesis rang true. Um, and, you know, it's quite interesting now 12 years later, there was a big um, event that happened just last week with um, the, the business roundtable, you may have heard. Mm -hmm. And finally, the recognition that um, businesses uh, should not just be beholden or uh, concerned about shareholders, but all of their stakeholders, which seems so self-evident, but it means that you know, their employees are important, their suppliers are important, their customers are important. The community they serve is important, not just people getting dividend checks. Um, but that's been an evolution and it's still going on. Um, so, but I believed it in my bones and like I said, more impulsively said, I'm gonna take a bet on this. Yeah. And I know a lot of, you know, young entrepreneurs start the same way they haven't fully figured it out and there's that old uh, yeah. ridiculous that ridiculous statement about you know um building the airplane as you're flying it um but <laughs> that <laughs> yeah that Makes is sense. often the case you know exactly for better so, or worse so robin 
going along with what you're saying, if you could go back in time to when you were starting your entrepreneurial journey, what are the things that you would tell yourself looking back if you had that chance to go back and talk to yourself when you had just begun all this stuff? What things and, and pointers would you give your younger self now knowing what you've gone through? Well, that's an excellent question. And um, I think uh, I would definitely focus more on refining that rate card early and um, being stronger, more vigilant about enforcing it early to uh, drive profitability. Um, there's always that tension where in a client service business, uh, you know, you're trying to satisfy your client. And when that's compounded in the sort of creative arts business, there's a huge subjective component. So you um, try to lean in uh, and build relationships and sometimes uh, sacrifice the profitability of jobs. So I've uh, been up and down that roller coaster, um, but I know the importance now. I would say, uh, if I were younger, um, for myself, I'd say study data science and uh, get better at the math early <laughs> um, because that was an undeveloped part of my brain when I began. And it's uh, modestly getting better now. So when you say rate card, just for our listeners, describe what the rate card is again so that we know what you're, what you're talking about. Well, it's how you price uh, yourself. And this, again, this is related to a client service business where mm -hmm. you're, you know, um, developing projects or you're consulting and you're charging by the day, by the hour, by the project. You got to do your estimating uh, just right to uh, be profitable and do the job well. So the art of estimating is something that uh, is important. Yeah. So Robin, with that being said, how did you go about doing that for you in the beginning? What, what did you think about? What did you use uh, resourcefully or, you know, a, a software or whatever? What did you use to create that for yourself in the beginning? And then how did that evolve with your business? Tell us about that process. Well, you know, I've been fortunate uh, from the very beginning in starting uh, Citizen uh, in having a very good business partner, managing partner, partner, partner named David Compton. And he um, has really gone deep on that side of the business. Hmm. So I could focus on uh, the creative uh, development. So I'm the more the product guy. He's the inward uh, focused, um, you know, uh, helping make the trains run on time focusing our strategy and making sure we're profitable in terms of how we estimate and manage projects. So yeah. the art of project management is its own thing. I would encourage somebody starting, if they don't have those skills um, resident in their own body and brain uh, to, you know, uh, find the, uh, find those skills um, for your company. Um, and whether that's a consultant or whether that's a, an, an employee, it's really quite important. 
So his skills are are the project management and kind of the data science working with numbers and would you say kind of like an accountant sort of skill would be would be useful for this kind of this this type of aspect of your business correct is that the kind of skills that he has that makes it that makes him able to make those estimates and and work with numbers correctly and and make them seem logical is that the skills that he has Yes, he's not an accountant. We also have a financial manager, a very good yeah. financial manager. But um, between the team, uh, we're able to go through a process and, you know, ra rationally estimate uh, projects because when you get an RFP or a request from a client, it isn't always particularly clear <laughs> what the... Uh, the twisted road of that project might be you have to set the parameters, get agreement on those parameters. That's a skill set, as I say, in and of itself. And you might be better served to talk to David, you know, about that. So Robin, one of the last questions here, going back to the beginning of you starting citizen group, think of the, the time that you just had that idea and then you were you were formulating that idea in your mind. Tell us about the very first thing that you did to make the next step within Citizen Group. So from from just the idea to the very first step, what was that process? What were you thinking about, and what what did that step look like? Tell us that story. Well, it was um, defining our position. Um, putting it on paper, bring it to life, you know, online, the website, um, basically hanging up the shingle yeah. and, uh, you know, clarifying the service offering. So uh, when we were meeting with clients, we believed that we did have a point of difference. Um, and then, you know, as I said at the outset, it was all about building the team. Yeah. The rate card to go to go to market. That was the, the primary focus. So Robin, quickly just give us an outlet to you where we, where we can find what you're doing, uh, where we can find you personally, and then we'll say goodbye. Sure, no, uh, the agency citizengroup.com. And uh, you can find us in San Francisco here in the Bay Area. <laughs> Do you, I saw that you had an active Twitter, so I'm sure that people can find you there as well. I, I looked a little bit at it and saw that, you know, uh, I'm forgetting his name now, but he's the NBA player. It seemed like you were pretty active on it as well. So I was, I was just going through it pretty interested. So no, I'm not that active on it to be Oh, honest. you're not? Yeah, no, I have a love-hate love relationship with social media too, to be honest. But we, we <laughs> use it on behalf of our clients where it's appropriate, but I, I wouldn't call myself that active uh mm. on twitter but uh no you can find me uh at citizengroup.com robin r at citizen group sweet guys citizengroup.com if you're interested in looking more into robin go check that out so robin thank you so much for sharing your experiences and coming out on the show man yeah good talking with you What's up, guys? Again, thank you for tuning in to the podcast. If you enjoy the show, if you like the show, then you have no excuses not to subscribe because it takes such a small amount of time. So go and do that for me. I will be very, very sad if you don't pause this episode right where it's at and do that on the platform you're listening on right now. 
Lastly, go and give a follow to Niche the Niche Instagram page. You can find it at Niche the Niche. You can follow me and what I'm doing with the podcast and also receive leverageable posts, leverageable content through the Instagram. So go and give that a follow and see what I'm doing every day with the podcast. And I will see you guys on the next episode.